Hey, Jim. Hey, Bill. How are you? Good, thanks. Can you hear me? I can. Uh, wonderful. How's your health doing? Oh, not too bad. I just got back from my power walk up here in the mountains. Great. How's the VO2 max looking these days? <laughs> Stuck at 31. Okay. Which, and what, what's your highest if recently? That, that 31. If that thing, if, if I don't do something, that thing slips so fast, I'll be back, back down to 29 in no time. Well, that's normal. Mine has been going up and down by two or three points also, sometimes for no discernible reason. Sometimes it takes a look at the, it takes a look at, you know, various factors, including variability in the heart rate and all that stuff. So, you know, the most important thing is to try and um, just be consistent with your exercise to make sure you have good cardio respiratory fitness. Right. And sounds like you've been doing better and been more consistent late, lately, which is great. One of the topics I want to talk about was what I call multiple masters. And it's so funny when I'm like in a relationship where I'm working with somebody and I am their coach and they're invested and I'm invested and I see um, what gets in people's way. It's so much about what gets in our way and how do we handle what gets in our way, right? Because you and yeah. I both know it's all about consistency and we have a job where it's very hard. And nobody else really cares. And certainly yeah. you can't say, hey, I want to go out and do my walk. What you have to do, and I had a conversation with a really senior person earlier today, you just have to, nobody needs to know what you're thinking and nobody needs what you're doing with the time. You can just say it doesn't work. And there are those annoying people that say, well, why not? Well, I have something else on my calendar. I, I never, I tell you, I've learned this. If somebody says, I want to go do my walk, nobody cares. In fact, they'll yeah. judge you negatively for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So in this multiple, it's funny because the multiple master concept usually comes in and has a tie to, to money in some way or career, you know, where you're, you really, when I say multiple masters, I say, we want to be healthy. We want to be consistent. We want to take care of ourselves. We want to do everything we can to get that going. But then we have this other master, right? And this yeah. other master says, um, well, I want something from you. And, you know, it's really hard when we have those multiple masters to be healthy unless we are willing to do something like say no. We have yeah. to say no. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Looking good yeah. on that treadmill. Um, yeah. You know, we uh, we were just talking a little bit what I, about what I call multiple masters and, you know, whereby, you know, we all might have in our head that we want to be healthy and we want to be consistent and we want to do things for our health. But then we have so many other demands on our time and on our and, every, and on ourselves, really. Right. And so many different things get in the way. I see a lot of the multiple masters thing. That's what I call it in my head related to money where somebody will say to me, Hey, I want to lose weight or, Hey, I want to get healthier. I want to increase my, increase my VO2 max, or I want to improve my blood work, or I want to lose weight or any of these things. And then they have another master that is completely the antithesis of achieving that goal. A lot of times it's in the job where people work a lot of hours and they don't sleep enough, so they can't achieve their goal. But I see it across so many different areas where things get in the way that it's almost impossible to have goals that are incongruous, if that's a word, where, where there's no way that somebody can lose weight if they don't sleep consistently, right? Yet they work a job that, you know, is not on a circadian rhythm and they, they just can't sleep, right? Or there's no way if we're going to, you know, if you're trying to buy a house and you say, hey, Jim, can you help me, help coach me and help me lose some weight, help me improve my blood work? And sure. 
I can recommend some exercise and some nutrition, all those different things, but then they're working 80 or 90 hours a week and have ridiculous levels of stress. There's just no way to do it. And, you know, I sent, I think I sent uh, this book that I read recently, which is interesting because um, it, it, it explains things in a very easy way. But one of the things it talks about, and I, I think you've all heard me say this, we can be really good with movement, sleep, exercise, all these different things. And if we have a lot of stress, often we can't achieve our goals, whether it's weight loss or improved health, improved blood work, lowering cholesterol, any of these things. And why is that? Well, that has to do with the way our body's hormones work and the way our hormones react. And this book talks a lot about it. I'll pause there and see if anybody wants to talk about multiple masters and kind of what gets in your way and how do you deal with it? I'll say all of the above. (laughs) Like everything you're saying, it's funny when you said to me today, what do you want to talk about? I'd love to talk about this. You know, like even today, I had all the intentions. I woke up early. Uh, I wanted to get on the bike. Um, work started calling at seven something. And then the whole day got out of hand. And then I had to get my wife a vaccination. So there went my afternoon run. And, you know, every day it's kind of, it's a master. I'm not a master of my own domain, right? I'm a master of everybody else's. And then when I can fit in my stuff, I do my stuff. So. It's, it's really hard. It's really hard. Work, wife, life. It's really hard. It, it is really hard. And you could go to bed last night thinking, okay, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to sleep seven hours and then I'm going to get up at six and I'm going to get some workout in before my job or anybody can take that time away from me. You know what I mean? So that's about being on a routine and hopefully being able to get things done before people start to take your time away. Um, you know, if you, Jeff, if you were to say to me, well, I didn't get up early enough and I couldn't get it done early enough, which means it doesn't impact just today. It impacts yesterday too, right? Which might require you to go to bed earlier. You know, if you would say to me, well, I just didn't do a good job of my planning and therefore I got in this position where people started calling me at seven in the morning. That's never happened to me before. I didn't expect it. It usually starts at nine. Then that's just something that, you know, you can't deal with, right? If that happened regularly, then I would say that's on you to make sure you go to bed earlier and get up earlier. Obviously, you probably knew your wife was going to get a vaccine or was that a last minute thing also? Uh, it was scheduled for the end of a day at a different place and she wanted to change it. So I worked all day to change the location and time. So, and I had to go over there to go there. So, you know, look, it, that, that was more important to me getting the run in. Of course. I just stay in, in New York, you know, in a long time, but I see like, you know, we're going, it's whatever. And I'm not trying to be selfish or just like, it sucks, you know? So now I'm running or after we get off this call i'll go for a run in the cold but no i think in general though jim i think in general like i've been going to bed better my sleep is is better um to be very honest with you, i've been very conscious of it um i got the vaccine yesterday so i was kind of wiped out by it yesterday and this morning as well um but i just think in a daily it, it's if if you had a magic formula i don't know for everybody else like I, i'm in sales so i and i need to sell i'm a commission-based salesperson so for me like I always want to be selling, right? And not in the salesman kind of way, just always be working because I have to earn money. And to tr- when I turn that off or trying to turn that off sometimes, it's just really hard. So it's hard to carve out time for me. And that's what I've been trying to do in the morning. I've had some success. I'm not there yet from a ritual standpoint of getting up, you know, doing my stretches, doing some core work, getting on a bike for at least a half hour. I feel, I feel much better when I do that, but it's so hard to just carve out time. So that's it. It is really hard, but you are below 200 pounds for the first time in how many years? A long time, but I just went back over because my wife and daughter are back and I'm eating with them. And (laughs) so 
I was at 201 point something today. So it's all good, but uh, it's all good. You know, it's interesting and not to hog up the time, but, you know, I've been doing that, putting in my weight thing. And I know we just use it for guidance, but like on all of my calculations, everything's green, you know, like, I don't know, whatever all the different fats are and percentage of body fat and all this other stuff. Right. And then the only thing that is not green is like my BMI, right. Whatever that thing is. And my, um, I don't know, there's one other thing and, and my, which is, this is a weird one. And my metabolic age, for some reason, even though my VO2 score is 36 or 37 and I'm, you know, in pretty good shape. Um, but just to say to you, like, my goal is to get all that green. So at least I have a goal every day or what I'm trying to get to is, you know, better. Right. Yeah. Where are you seeing the green? Is this on the Apple health kit or where is this? No, this is on this. I'll send you a screenshot. Yeah. Um, it's on that scale thing that I was yeah. telling you about that I got for like 25 bucks. And it's pretty good. And I know I'll jump on the other scale that we have, the, you know, the other high end one. Um, and usually it's close, at least weight wise, it's like either spot on or just a little off. And then, the body fats better on the, I don't know which one we got. We got the one from the Netherlands, whatever that scale is. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, look, I, I think, I think that you're working hard. You know, I know that um, you've been wearing your Apple watch and we were beta testing this kind of background refresh. Even if you don't go to my app now, I can, I, you know, we can see your data. We're about to send out some reports where I saw I'm now getting them, but they're not ready for prime time yet. But hopefully in the next two weeks, they'll be ready for prime time and you'll be able to sign up and you'll be able to get an email. And eventually it'll be a notification on the app, but it'll start with an email and it will send you just a picture of your colors for for the day. And eventually you'll be able to look at the yesterday. And I'm hoping what happens is when you get a picture of those colors and you see a bunch of red, you're like, okay, I'm just going to walk around on some calls or, okay, I'm going to move a little bit more. You know what I mean? Because I think movement is an area where if you started to do a little better with your movement, even if you're walking around on calls, particularly if you're not on video, or even if you turn off your video for 10 minutes on a call, nobody really cares. We do that most of the time. It'd be good to start getting more of your hours green, which is any hour over 300 steps. Right. But is there an app? I mean, how do you do it? I mean, does it all come down to discipline, structure and willpower on making that time and not letting anybody else take over your time? It's a routine for me. So uh, I have a routine where I get up in the morning and, you know, I'm in a place with my job where I kind of know what kind of calls I'm going to have in the morning. It's always unpredictable, but I know I'm going to have calls. Right. And I know I have some standing calls. And so if I, I know if I try and go to bed about the same time every day and wake up without an alarm clock and get up every day, the next day, I kind of have my days planned out. I know what my calls are. I know when I'll kind of be able to move around. I know when I'll be able to kind of get my workout in. And, and, and then I allow myself some flexibility in my day so that I can bob and weave. And if I need to change, I can change. And if I'm planning on running for an hour and I only can you know run 15 minutes, great. If I have to miss a day, I'll miss it. You know, but for me, it's about routine and it's and it's about um, saying no. Like if so, like people will always I, I really don't like it when people go to my calendar. Oh, you have two hours available in this time frame. They just put a meeting on my calendar. Some people think that's like good. I don't like that. So we've talked about this. Maybe I don't block my calendar. Right. Right. But but I don't like that. I, but if somebody comes and puts something on my calendar, I have no problem saying, hey, I have something else at this time. Can we do it at a different time? You know? 
I say no when I can say it. I try and be on my routines and I try not to overschedule myself and I prioritize it. I mean, the reality is I could I could not move as much as I do, uh, but I prioritize it. I know how critically important it is to be moving consistently throughout the day. I know how critically important it is to, you know, exercise and get our elevate our heart rate 15 minutes a day. You know, I have enough health problems that, you know, most people on this call have never experienced any of the health problems I have with the Crohn's or hospitalizations or unfortunately I had a tumor on my gallbladder. You know, you know what? I know that if I was not doing these things that I would be really sick or maybe dead. So, you know what I mean? I do them. Yeah. And I prioritize it. And I am unforgiving. When I read Sanjay's Gupta book, which I've read almost twice now, you know, the guy on CNN, he says... I exercise. Hey, Tony, I exercise every single day, no matter what. I make sure nobody can take that time for me. I schedule it and I do it right. That's my mentality when it comes to exercise. That's my mentality when it comes to movement. And that's my mentality when it comes to sleep and sleep. You know, I sent around this book called Exercise by this guy, Daniel Lieberman. It's really interesting because he talks about sleep a lot, you know, and I've always had the belief that you know, you don't want to get six or less hours of sleep, definitely less than six hours. Right. But if I can get seven, I often wake up pretty refreshed. And if I get seven and a half, it's even better. Seven, half or eight, it's great. But like, I'm fine if I get seven. Usually he talks a lot about it. Like, you know, most of the cultures, if you get seven hours of sleep, it's great. You know, if you can get seven or half or eight, great. But you maybe only need seven. You know, it, it just depends. So I'm unwaver. I am completely committed to try and make this stuff happen. And I prioritize it. And I'll pause there and see who wants to jump in. I do. Uh, I struggle with that all the time of <clears throat> having a really chaotic day and then not doing what I want to do. And it's, I think it's mostly my fault. But, uh, you know, like today I got my fit, my movement score would have been an F minus. I had like 500 steps until I walked down here. And because was, you were on work calls and really busy? I wasn't on calls. I didn't talk to one person today. I just had to get this a bunch of documents done. And you're a lawyer, right? So yeah. You gotta, was, and let me ask you a stupid question, Justin. Okay. Um, I review documents all the time. Yeah. When I walk around, it it's a skill. It took me a while to get to this point. I have like a little circle in my house, and it and and and. Instead of me sitting down in front of a computer, and I read a lot of legal documents also, it's different if I have to do Excel, then I can't do it. If I have to be in a model, then I have to be in front of my computer, right? But if I have to read documents or presentations or legal documents, I, I actually now can walk around. If I see something, a markup I need to make, I will you know, do a screenshot and you, know, you can edit pictures now. So you can actually, I edit my stuff right on my phone I add text or I write things, you know, on the directly on the phone. And I have to be careful that I'm not going to get hurt walking around or walk into things because I have done that when I get too absorbed <laughs> in what I'm reviewing. But you know what? It's not just about like some people will hear that and say, that's crazy. That's obsessive. You shouldn't be walking that much. But you know what? When I sit down for an hour straight and I stand up, I feel like I'm 100 years old. I can barely move my legs. I'm super stiff and it cascades into everything else I do. It cascades into my re recovery as an athlete, as a runner. And so I love the fact that I can walk around and, and even if I walk around for 10 minutes, you know, and get 500 steps or a thousand steps in that hour, I feel so much better that that's why I do it. And I'm proud of myself, right? Is that, that's something that you could figure out how to do. 
Um, sometimes, yeah. So I have, um, today I was working on documents where I had to have another screen. Mm. I would have liked to have had three screens. Mm-hmm. Um, so today wasn't a good day, but I'm going to figure out how to just, if I'm just looking at one document, how, to, how I can incorporate that. I think I can type if I'm not going too fast. Yeah, or what I do is often what I'll do is I'll walk. And if I if I need to mark something up, I'll stop. And I'll just mark it up on my phone real quick. And then I save the picture. And then um, I keep I walk around and read more. And then when I have another markup, I often have to stop. Yeah, I mark it up. And then I might have 10 different pictures I took with 10 markups of something from a document. And then I just respond to these emails where I send them around to people and say, here are my edits right now. If you're the one making the edits directly, then what you could do, and sometimes that is true for me too, then you could mark them all up, have them all there, save them in your pictures, and then sit down and just bang them all out on your computer too. I appreciate that it's not perfect, and I appreciate that you're a lawyer and you have to do the markups and the black lines. You got to look at different versions and compare all that. I get it. All I'm saying is if there's ever the opportunity for you to read your emails or you to read your documents where you don't need to be doing it, take advantage of that. Get up. Get on the treadmill like you're on there. Do something like that. You know, it does make a difference. Goop, and I said this in the last last couple of calls, he says that people that um, don't move for eight hours a day or more at greater risk for for death and for other things. I wrote down the quote. I'll get it here in a second. But if you just move two minutes an hour, I want people to move three to five minutes an hour, which gets you about 300 steps. But even if you just move two minutes an hour, it negates a lot of the sitting negatives. Wow. Which is crazy. That's a crazy crazy. stat. Yeah, because I could walk up and down the stairs for a couple Maybe I'll just do that. <clears throat> Maybe I'll do that when I, <clears throat> when I need to. I'm going to read to you what he said. Okay. Prolonged sitting for more than eight hours a day without, with zero physical activity can kill you or lead to an early death. Most of this damage is metabolic. Here's what happens when you, when you are, when you're mostly immobile, your circulation slows down and your body uses less of your blood sugar, which means more sugar is circulating in your blood. Being motionless also negatively influences blood fats, high-density lipoprotein, which is HDL, uh, the good cholesterol, resting blood pressure, and the society hormone leptin, which tells you when to stop eating. Sitting puts some of your muscles into a sort of a dormant state where their electrical activities are diminished, leading to atrophy breakdown. The production of lipoproteins, lipase, the enzyme that breaks down fat molecules in the blood, is shut down, leading to more fat circulating as well. As your metabolic rate plummets, we stop burning as many calories. In other words, our metabolism slows down. We talked about metabolism last week. The good news is that if you're active, even for only a few minutes an hour, this activity will counter the negative effects of sitting too long. So while lack of movement is a risk factor for early illness and death, simple movement is shown to prevent such a fate. A 2015 study of the University of Utah School of Medicine showed getting up for light activity, such as walking for two minutes an hour, was associated with a 33% lower chance of dying over a three-year period, offsetting the prolonged effects that too much sitting has in the body. That's fascinating. Who has comments on that? Tony, you're on sitting mute. Is, sitting is the new smoking. Yeah, it's funny because we've been saying that for 10 years and there was an article yeah. in Runner's World 10 years ago, but we all know that smoking is, and, and this book actually talks about it and he talks about it, sitting, sorry, smoking is far more detrimental to the body than sitting without moving. Yeah, and less and less people are smoking 
and unfortunately more and more people are still sitting and I mean, I, I'm with you. I echo everything you say and I dream up excuses to walk down to the radiology department, for example, because it's four flights. And so, you know, if I do that a couple times a day, that really helps. And plus I'm not really sitting a whole lot because I'm running out of, in and out of different exam rooms, but there are times you wind up sitting too long. And like you say, it's a conscious effort to get up and move. Yeah. And he talks about eight hours or less, you know, it, when you start to get to the eight hours, the study showed there's 33% lower chance of dying over a three year period. If you, if you get up for light activity, like a couple minutes an hour, that's great. But if you're not moving eight hours or more a day, that's bad. Um, and, you know, just, I, I encourage people, I see all the numbers and I, you know, I'm working on this notification, which will send you a picture of your movement all day long and it'll show you how many hours you're not moving. But most people are not moving somewhere between 11 and 13 of the 16 or 17 hours they're awake. Okay. Wow. His book says eight hours. I know that it's much higher. I see the data. And, and this is of a group of people like us that are all on the phone that actually move more than some of the population. If you think about it, right, we're all exercising. Many people aren't even exercising and they're still sitting and they're not they're not moving for 14 hours a day of the 16 or 17 hours they're awake. And this is why you see these stats. Who else wants to jump in and comment on this? I think I can do two minutes. Two minutes. I'd rather see you do three to five, but two minutes is better than nothing for sure. hundred okay. percent. So. And if you and you you have you're not using my app, but if you did use my, my app, you could go on there and you could look at you know just getting some credit for those that movement or who cares? Don't don't get the credit, you know, just do it. Jim, what do you think about like? So I love that people have treadmills in their house. I don't have a treadmill, so I was thinking like like you're saying, like I could take calls walking on a treadmill. It's hard to do it outside. But what's your feeling about getting on a bike? Like if I have a 45 minute meeting or an hour meeting where. I just have to be in it, right? I can be still be engaged, but if I don't have to present or do anything else, do you think it's rude to be on a bike? Well, I don't think any of this is rude. I think it's great to take care of yourself no matter what. Now, do I think other people will, how, how other people react? In my experience, I don't talk to anybody about any of the exercise or movement I do, just this group. I never, you will never hear me say to people at work, hey, I'm going for a run or hey, I'm going, I'm going to go for a walk unless people ask me. I mean, because unfortunately, people judge us for that type of stuff. And I don't want to be judged. And, and when you're talking about people that are older like us, we're more senior now and people can you know, impact you in monetary ways. So I learned, you know, when I first became a runner, and a triathlete, I talk about it. And, and then people say, oh, that's all Jim cares about, you know, so you don't want to hear any of that. So um, I think being on a treadmill is great. I, you could ride a bike, you know, during calls. I got people that do it. I got a lot of people that they'll do, they'll turn off their camera and they'll do some lunges. They'll do some resistance band stuff. And they, they tell me about how they're doing that. I think that's all great. But, I, you know, if I went and did some lunges, I have the camera off. I'd come back just like this. And nobody would ever know. And I would never talk about it. And I would just do it. And that would, that, that would be my advice. Now, there are physiological differences in our heart rate and our muscles when we ride a bike versus walk on a treadmill, Right. And, you know, our average heart rate on a bike for the same for, so let's say you get on the bike and your heart rate's kind of 110 on the bike. That's going to be a different effort level than getting your heart rate at 110, you know, walking on a treadmill. Usually, you know, 
if you run, your heart rate's going to be about 20 beats higher than if you're on a bike. So you could get a workout in, you could get a light sweat going. As long as Jeff, you've got your heart rate over 105, you know, maybe 110. If you were sitting there riding a bike at 110 to 120, you could speak very easily and nobody knew that you were doing it. I'd say, great. That counts as exercise. You know, if you're spinning and your heart rate is, you know, below 102 or it's 195. I mean, yes, you're, you're kind of stretching out your muscles, but you might be more benefited by walking around than riding a bike because it's kind of in this kind of, maybe it's exercise, maybe it's a little stretching, but you do want to move too. I don't know if that answers your question. When we talk about buying equipment, I think having a treadmill is a great tool. I think having an elliptical is a great tool. I think having a bike or a Peloton is a great tool. I think anything that's going to elevate your heart rate is great. I do see a lot of people that buy these uh, devices for their gyms at home. And I think just having the optionality to be able to elevate your heart rate in different ways is, is very important. And a lot of people aren't comfortable going to gyms yet. I think the gyms will come back. I, I would much rather go and walk stairs outside or go for a jog outside than go to a gym, but I'll go back to a gym eventually. I would much rather have my own stuff. It's just easier. And when you go to the gym, you might be saying, you know, there was a fist fight in my gym where there was this guy and these guys are like 70 years old. This was like last year. And uh, there was this guy that would always come to the elliptical and he'd always be coughing always. And it sounded like he was always sick. And finally, this other guy was like, you shouldn't be in here when you're sick. And they almost got into a fist fight. You know, having my own elliptical would be better than going to deal with that stuff. But I think investing in equipment is a great investment. I said there may be some bargains after the pandemic with all these people buying from the new home gyms and they end up selling them. I think that's great. I think, you know, and Justin just bought a tonal. He's going to talk about that in a second, what that is and what you got there. I, I you know, the problem is that it's very hard to find any of the equipment right now, for sure. I mean, how long are people waiting for Pelotons? Bill, you waited, what, eight weeks for your Peloton, I yep. take it? Yeah, yep. yes. Justin, how long did you wait for the Tonal? And tell us tell us about the Tonal that you bought. What is it? How does it work? I think it took, um, it took a while to get it because there was a, you know, people were, you know, going crazy with the exercise, you know, home gym you know, purchases at the beginning of the pandemic. So I think it was at least a month. Um, but <clears throat> the setup was pretty easy. Um, Cost-wise, I think, you know, <clears throat> it would take me like 75 years worth of going to the gym to make up for the cost. You know, so I don't think it's, it's not cheap. How much was it? I think it was around 4000 Plus you pay $50 a month for a subscription fee, correct? And you have to do that for the first year, I believe. Right. And it's T-O-N-A-L, tonal, correct? Yeah. And it's like a mirror that uh, spits out like things to lift weights and other things. What is it? Yeah. I want to know if you can see it back there. Yeah. That's um, not a good. Let's see if I can go back further. There's my, you can see my um, <clears throat> my treadmill and there's the tonal on the wall. Is it it's, strength classes? What is it? Yeah, so so the, there's these arms that come out. You just hit the screen <coughs> and, uh, wait, can you see that? Yep. 
Um, yeah, we're all we all each have our own account, mm-hmm. and then it pops up. It it, it automatically sets the <clears throat> weight. It gives you a program to do, um, and it it increases the weight as you do it. Um, and these arms come out, um, and you you hook. There's like um, if you can see that resistance bands or, or no, it's all, it's all, it's all internal. So there's a handle that comes on here. So, so you just, you pull the, you pull this down and it, it automatically does it. It's like bands and that's set and the weight is set by the computer. So can you bench press and do different things with that? Or what, what yeah, are you, you doing can, with that? Yeah. You can curls, bench press, step ups, you know, there's, there's all kinds of different um, um, types of exercises you can do. I can show you something. I don't know if there's a easy way to do it. And everyone in the family uses that. And there's videos that yeah. you, it's like a, basically like a video class that you take and it just yeah. uh, hooks up to the equipment and it just tells you to do it. So it makes it really easy to do. Yeah, it does. And it, yeah, the weight is set. So you don't have to mess with trying to figure out what the weight should be, all that stuff. And I, I like it. It's like, it tells you exactly what to do. They, they have you do stuff off of the tonal. They have you doing like uh, push-ups, um, burpees you know all kinds of different stuff they get your heart rate up they do a warm-up they do a cool down you watch the instructor as you're going about it how many days a week you doing that like three right but you can do it more you can do like you can do you can do it all the time yeah anybody else have a tonal i don't i haven't heard anybody else that has one well that's great I like it. Um, oops. Why the tonal, Justin? When you did all your research, you looked at mirror, and then I think there's one other one that's out there now. Why? Why did you pick tonal? Um, my wife did it. Um, so she did the re- a lot of the research, but but we liked it. Um, you know, I, I didn't I didn't do a side by side comparison. She did most of the work, but. If I had to get one, I would get, I think I'd get this one. Of course, I haven't tried any other ones, but um, it doesn't take up that much room. And when you're curling and when you're curling and you're doing bench press or other things, it just, it makes it very easy to do. Well, there's, there's a resistance that shows you what your weight is. Let's say you're doing 10 pound curls, right? With one with the, with each arm. Um, then the next time you do it, it might have you do 12 pounds. Oh, that's sweet. And it tracks it all. Does it have stats too? It tracks too? it all. Stats. Yeah, everything. Yeah, I like that a lot. Cool. It's got, there's two handles, there's a rope, and then there's a bar. And there's the, it comes with a bench and the pad. And uh, you could do, I mean, the, the, the exercises are, you know, the ones you typically would see, you know, curls, bench press, whatnot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different kinds. Is of- there a pull-up bar in there? Can you do pull-ups on that? No. No pull-ups. One of the thi- shoulder work. Shoulder work. That's good. One one of the things that's so important is to do a mix of cardio and strength, right? So 
doing the cardio. Most people do only cardio, no strength or only strength and no cardio, right? Somebody else asked me before this call about weight loss uh, for the upcoming season. If you take a look at that book that I sent around exercise, it talks a lot about weight loss. And it basically says that if you want to lose weight, like real weight, it's mostly cardio, but you got to do a little bit of strength, right? So you're doing one, two, three days of strength, but you got to do cardio if you want to lose weight also. So I think it's really important to do both. There was the, the, the lower body workout I did. I never really did it well at the gym. And this kind of focuses you, you know, cause you have somebody telling you exactly what to do. And <clears throat> when I was done, I couldn't walk very much. <laughs> like Were you it, sore the next day too? It, no, not too bad. But, but the, after I was done, I had done so much weight. It felt like hard to walk. And I was like, wow, I, I'd never achieved that at the gym. And, um, could you I go in there that, and say, I want a glutes workout or a core workout? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Which is the they have key runner things. works out. They have triathlete works, workouts, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. Interesting. Anybody have any questions for Justin on tonal? Yeah. Justin, did you install it? Who installs it? No, they do. Um, they do. They, they, the, the company comes in. They, they want you to do some measurements beforehand. They want to make sure your wall is strong enough to sustain it because it's, it's a heavy piece of equipment. So they want to make sure that they install it, you know, correctly, that they can screw it into the studs, whatnot. So they do that. <clears throat> they come in and they take care of it for you. Yeah, we didn't do, we didn't do anything. Yeah, and obviously doing strength training, you know, most experts say that when we do strength, in, strength training, we do speed up our metabolism. So it's important to do some strength training, particularly for our bones as we get old. If anybody yeah, wants I got to... one more. Oh, sure. I got one more. What's, what's the average workout? Is it 20 minutes, half hour, 45? 40. I think mine have been 40. I think they're different. There's different programs. I did kind of an overall strength training program it was at like intermediate level, which I, I could, I did fine. And um, <clears throat> they were about 40 minutes and they do like a four minute warm up and a four minute cool down and some great stretches that I, it makes, it, I feel really good. It's like, a, it's really, it gets your heart rate up. There's always something that gets your heart rate up. There's some core stuff that I did that are, it was unbelievably hard. So it's really good for you as a runner, though, that'll significantly reduce your risk of injury. You should just make sure you do that glutes and core, which probably has a lot of my stuff. You said step ups, you know, lunges, you know, planks, all those things, you know, do those once or twice a week and you'll hit the marathon training season much more fit from a strength perspective. No doubt about it. I mean, the the step ups are weighted, right? So you're you got the weight you're pulling up every time you step up. So it's even you know, it's the step up on steroids. So it's really good. I feel like I'm probably lower body wise. If I start running now, I'm way ahead of the game. I feel like it's such a great accountability tool because once you install it, it's there, right? You can just go there. You can pick a class and you can just make it happen, you know? And holy shit, I just paid, spent all that money. I better get down there and work out. That's very true. (laughs) Shruti, how you doing? Oh, go ahead, Bill. Yeah, I was going to say, Jim, if you were going to incorporate um, 
strength training. How, what, how often do you recommend it? Like a week, you know, per week? Do you do you do your cardio and then finish it off with strength training? What, what's the how do you usually like pace that? So the current recommendations that most people believe in, I've been reading a lot of these health books lately and I've been hearing this for years is overall people say you should get five days a week, 30 minutes, 150 minutes of kind of exercise. Most don't go and bifurcate between strength and cardio. I know that uh, I know for me, what works is I try and do a little more of that cardio and then maybe strength two days a week. And, you know, any strength is better than no strength, right? I have a group of resistance band strength training that I, I like to do, right? Um, you know, I think doing some combination of push-ups, if you just did push-ups, planks, if you had a pull-up bar, it's great, but you don't have to have a pull-up bar. If you do push-ups, planks, maybe you do some lunges, a few other things, I can send you some exercises. All that counts as strength. You know what I mean? If you had some dumbbells, you know, 10 pound, 15 pound, 20 pound dumbbells, and you just curl with them a little bit, I think that stuff is all great. You know, a lot of people just can't motivate themselves to do strength if they're more of a cardio person. And so a lot of people, what they're doing that I'm finding today is they're doing online training sessions with a personal trainer online. And so the personal trainer will say, you know, these are the things that this is the equipment I want you to have, you know, maybe something to step up with, maybe some dumbbells, whatever it is. Right. And you can sign up for those classes and do them. And when people are doing both strength and cardio, particularly those people that do more cardio and never do strength, they just feel noticeably stronger and more limber and leaner most of the time. Right. And they feel like they have more energy and they're really proud of themselves. So I, I don't know if you bill can do it by yourself or if you need to think about getting like a personal trainer to help you or, or, or getting what Justin did. Justin's got a personal trainer there every day. It's tonal, you know, but it is really important, particularly as we age and you're in an age now where, you know, you should be trying to incorporate it in some way. And a lot of people say to me, well, I just don't have time to do all that stuff. I hear this all the time. I don't have enough time to do both cardio and strength. So what a lot of people will do is if they exercise five days a week, instead of doing five days cardio, they'll do three days cardio and two days strength. That's fine. You know what I mean? It also depends on what people's goals are. You know, if people are looking to lose weight, then you do need to do more cardio and plus some strength. If people are just looking to maintain, then it's probably fine, right? Bill, what's your reaction? Yeah, yeah no, that, that, that's helpful. That, that's helpful. It really is a lot of time management, I think. Yeah. Do you ever, have you ever worked with a trainer where you can, you know, do some personal <laughs> training type things? Yeah, I did about maybe like 10 years ago. It was a, you know, something at the Y. And the only thing that I, the only problem with was he, he never really taught you anything. He was like, he didn't, even, he, he didn't even really tell me like how much weight I was lifting because he really didn't want me to do it on my own, you know? And so there was no, you know, it was sort of, you had, he created sort of this kind of dependency sort of thing, you know? Um, and and I, I, it just, it wasn't working. Yeah. I think the use of a personal trainer is to, most people use a personal trainer to force them to do something. Yeah. Right. So uh, before COVID, it was I'm going to meet my personal trainer at 6 a.m. on Mondays and Wednesdays. And that person is going to force me to do something. Now, you all know, you've heard me say many times, I don't want people to go at 6 a.m. if they don't get seven hours. I have a seven hour sleep rule. Right. Seven sleeping seven hours is much more important. In today's world, you can find a personal trainer who's online and they can help you. And it's a lot more time efficient. Right. But 
their use of a personal trainer is, is to get you to do something. And yeah, I think that's true for a lot of personal trainers. That's their livelihood and they want to keep you doing something. So they're not looking to train you. So you go do it by yourself. You know what I mean? They're looking to be involved with you. And that's the way most people use personal trainer. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. Is anybody here doing any um, virtual personal training right now? Nobody. Yeah. I, I don't see a lot of people doing it, but I do see a lot of people that say to me, you know what? I'm not doing enough strength. I'm only doing a little bit of cardio. I can't do it by myself. Please, please help me. And so they do it. Hey, Jim, how are you? Good, Shruti. How are you? Good, good. Well, I have some disappointing news at my end. I ordered the Nordic track and they, after about six weeks, they emailed me saying that uh, it's indefinitely delayed. So I had to cancel the order. That so was an I'm elliptical little... or a treadmill? I can't remember. Elliptical, not the treadmill. Yeah, that's a bummer. Uh, Sorry to yeah. hear that. That's so disappointing. I was really looking forward to that. And I feel like at this point, if I order it, I mean, the weather is going to change anyway. So I'd rather be running in Central Park than, uh, you know, so. Uh, and who knows how long I'd be waiting, I guess, at this point. So what did they say that they had no estimate? They said another eight weeks, which to me was like, OK, I'm in the middle of spring by then. So. Yeah, so, I, look, my, my mindset around that would be a little different than your mindset. Like, I would still want to get it delivered. Like, my brother, he runs outside every day in L.A., every morning. He's got, like, more than a year going of a streak now. This is a person that never used to exercise. Justin, isn't that amazing? Um, it's unbelievable. Lead guitar player to be exercising like that every day. But um, <laughs> he does it, and... Um, but he also has that elliptical that you ordered in his house. And for him, he just jumps on it for 15 minutes at the end of the day. And he says he just feels so much better when he has that. And he's going really easy. Maybe he's reading something or he's thinking about something he's going to do. But I think the mindset that he has is the mindset I have, which is I'm not thinking about what the weather is. I'm thinking about another piece of equipment that can give me the ability to get my heart rate up in any scenario at any time. Whereas, you know, if you get 16 inches of snow in Central Park, you're not doing it. So it's just something to think, something for you to think about. Do I want to have this as just an apparatus for years or not? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think eventually I will probably order it. But now, I mean, uh, I probably don't need it from spring through summer. So maybe mid to end of summer, I'll probably do it and then, you know, have it ready for sort of the next season where I can't go out. But I mean, getting, I, it was a bit disappointing for me that, you know, I waited this long. And then, Big time. Um, yeah. So, Big time. Uh, I mean, you're seeing delays in all this equipment. Unfortunately, there's, they can't keep up. Um, yeah. how, how have you been doing with your movement and your exercise movement uh, this week is a little uh, all over the place uh, simply because uh, we drove 15 hours to Florida uh, for the kids break last week which uh, the drive was a lot but once we got there it was great uh, I was doing 
four mile walks on the beach in the morning and then uh, you know swimming and so I, I in those seven days I, I did enough workout I think um, I had a, a friend who was big into fitness so the two of us would get together do some hit training and um, so it was it was great from that perspective ever since we came back I think because we didn't have any day of complete rest like we got back on Sunday evening it's been a little tiring so I've been you know taking it easy this week but uh, I think by the weekend, we would have recovered from the 15-hour drive. <laughs> so it'll, it'll get back to normal next week. But otherwise, it's been good, I think. Unfortunately, I'm not losing any weight. I don't know why, but, <laughs> but I'm doing enough, I feel. Um, well, remember, weight loss is not just about one or two things. It's about a full package of a lot of different things, right? It's about sleeping seven hours. It's about making sure we eat lots of fiber and whole foods and not too much processed stuff. It's about trying to move consistently. It's about trying to elevate our heart rate and hopefully do a little bit of strength training. It's about keeping our, our stress down. I see a lot of people that do all the other things I just said really, really well, but they have high levels of stress. And so their hormones are off and doesn't enable their body to lose weight because they have hormone imbalances, whether they're cortisol levels or other, other ways. And so it, it means that we need to manage our stress. All these things are challenging, particularly in a world of COVID. Yep. Yep. I, I agree. And I had a, a higher level of stress for something over the last week and I just didn't feel good. I noticed that my heart rate on my runs was much higher than normal. I, I, you know, I noticed some of my readings on my watch were much higher than normal and you just don't, you don't feel good. And I don't have that stress anymore. I got through that time period and, you know, I'm out for my run or my walks and I just feel so much better, you know, which told me I, you know, I need to not put myself in that situation or I need to infrequently put myself in those stressful situations, you know? And like, I think back to when I was an investment banker, this is 20 years ago now. And I had such a stressful job that it just was so unhealthy. I just couldn't do it. So I had to make changes and accept what I was given in my body and try and keep my stress down. And stress can be a big one. Yeah. I'm preaching to the choir about everybody on this on this call. And Shruti, I know I told you that I designed this new thing with the Apple where we're refreshing behind the scenes. Um, I'm hoping to release that app in the next couple of weeks. So if you want to be part of the beta and you have that on there, you want to test some things, great. Otherwise, you can just wait for it to come out and then you can just update it when we come out with it. No, no, absolutely. I'll, 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 whatever uh, I can do to be, uh, it'll be great. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else have anything they want to talk about? Tony, you want to talk about intermittent fasting. I know we talked about that a little bit. Anybody want to talk about that? That's the hot topic yeah. out there. Yeah, today. yeah, that's good, Jim. I've been hearing so much about that. It's like people are like, you know, uh, adamant about it, like devotees. Yeah, and, Sh and Shruti talked about it last week. Tony talked about it last week, this having a certain number of hours between – um, you know, a certain number of hours between when they eat and when they don't eat, right? And there's a lot of science out there that says that that can be beneficial. Uh, you know, I've said many times, I worry that people end up under eating and for some period of time doing the intermittent fasting 
and they feel leaner and they feel better. But when they go back to not doing the intermittent fat, intermittent fasting, their, their metabolism is slowed down a little bit. And so they, they gain more weight than they lost doing it. So, um, Tony, I, did you want to say anything specifically about it? So, yes, there was actually a recent article in the journal of the American medical association. And, and that's what I was trying to find to share with you guys. I'm embarrassed to say this. I couldn't really track it down. So I was forced to go to this online site called Healthline or something like that. And basically they've summarized a lot of things. I think for me, it was confusing because I didn't really know the definition of intermittent fasting. So they kind of laid it out with what I think is quite realistic. And they're talking about the 16-8 method, also called the Liane Gaines protocol where you basically only eat for an eight hour period every day. And so you choose that period, uh, you know, for example, like 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. or something like that, or 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. But then the other 16 hours you're fasting. That's, I think, one of the most, shall we say, accepted or standard methods of intermittent fasting. They talked about two other ones. One is called you fast for 24 hours once or twice a week, uh, not eating from dinner one day until dinner the next day. Okay. And then they talk about a different one. They call it the five, two diet, two days a week. You only consume 500, 600 calories, not consecutive days. Um, so my understanding of the evidence is that that 16, eight, uh, method is is really the one where you you gain the medical benefits from it and it I have to tell you it was quite surprising to me all the claims or the, all the allegations that are being made but again this was supported by that article in the Journal of American Medical Association um, they talk about weight loss they talk about uh, losing your belly fat or at least reducing it um, reducing Alzheimer's. Um, they also, there's a very important caveat here. Uh, it turns out women need to be much more careful about intermittent fasting than men do, especially women of reproductive age, because intermittent fasting can uh, cause them to not have their menstrual cycle, which, you know, as athletes, everybody knows that. And, uh, you know, especially the long distance runners and the ones with very little body fat uh, frequently have menstrual um, absence, if you will. So there's a whole bunch of science behind it, which I thought was really interesting, but I don't know that, you know, we really want to get into all those details. So that's, I just want to give a quick overview of it. Sound good? It sounds good. I know Shruti has, uh, Shruti, how many hours a day are you doing the not eating portion? So I do the 16-8. You do? Yeah. So for me, my last meal is at six, around 6 p.m. Uh, 6, 6.30 is when I eat. And then the, it's the next morning, um, 11, 11.30, I think. So, and for me, it's, I mean, 6.30 is not, too early uh, because the kids eat early so in some sense it's great because we all eat together um, and uh, it's it gives me a few hours before bedtime so it's kind of you know I like it that I prefer it that way if I eat too close to uh, bedtime 
feel very full and stuffy. So in some sense, it worked out. And then in the morning, it's, uh, you know, by the time you get everybody else done with breakfast and all of that, you know, it's, uh, it just worked out. So, and a couple of, I mean, it, uh, they do allow you, I think, up to 50 uh, calories worth of eating. So I do that with my two spoons of milk and my coffee and I have two coffees in the morning and, uh, and that's it. And then 11, 1130 is my, so my sort of every day is sort of brunch, um, which is, uh, gyms, uh, oats plus five, four. Um, and then I do, I, I'm never really hungry enough for dinner. And then, so I have a good sort of a fruit snack in the more in the middle and then it's dinner yep so that's that's all i eat in and i'm never hungry really after that yeah my, my advice is people have to ultimately pick what is sustainable for them and for me i don't track it but i probably have many times when i've got a window i certainly don't have a 16 hour window I have a hard time with a 16 hour window just because of all my movement and exercise and everything. So I, I don't follow that, but if it works great, I mean, you mentioned you're not losing the weight you want. And so, you know, it just goes to show you that intermittent fasting is not the only, it's not a panacea for everything. You still have to eat well. You still got to eat mostly unprocessed food, lots of fiber. You still got to sleep. You still got to keep your stress down. You still got to move. You still got to exercise, blah, 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 blah. So it's just one of many things. I think many people do do the intermittent fasting and that is well one element of their life that they're really good at and they maintain it. And not only are they doing the intermittent fasting, but they're being careful about what they eat and they have some success. And that's great. It's better to do one thing than no thing. That's for sure. Anybody else doing it? Hey, Jim, it's Shane. Long time listener, first time caller. Hi, Shane. Um, hey, how are you? Um, listen, I, I'm not doing the intermittent fasting, but I just want to comment on the, 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 the point about just kind of keeping track of your time. And that is one thing that I have found to be helpful. And the same way that our kids are on schedules now for school, uh, effectively just trying to put myself on a schedule while I'm at home and keeping an idea of, of different times of the day when I really want to do certain things. And I keep it you know, on my phone and in my iPad, just in an Apple Notes program uh, where I have just different windows where I have exercise. And so it just reminds me, you know, first thing in the morning, that's, that's when I always want to do it. Um, but I have some fail saves so that, you know, if I miss it, I know that my next exercise window is, you know, around two o'clock. And then if I miss that, I've got another exercise window towards the end of the day. So, um, you know, I, I do think then, and agree with the, uh, the concept of trying to keep track of, you know, different hours of the day and, and what you're doing, um, as, as the day goes on. I think that's spectacular, Shane. And, you know, you hear me talk about different pillars and the one thing I haven't said today, I don't think is time management and planning, but. That is great time management, great planning. You set some goals and you give yourself the fail safe if you miss it in the morning because somebody takes it away from you or you just decide not to do it or whatever it is, you have fallbacks, right? I love fallbacks. Yeah, right? and, and listen, man, that's, that's where that came from. I mean, it started off with, you know, I want to do it in the morning. And then if you miss your morning workout, you kind of feel like, ah, oh, you know what? I really just kind of missed this, messed this day up. And, you know, maybe I'll try again tomorrow. You know, the, the day is a bit of a write-off and, um, you know, yeah, life's, too short. life's too short to do that. Yeah, exactly. Life's too short to, to write a full day off. And so, uh, I did find that, uh, okay, I wake up and, 
you know, okay, maybe I missed it, but um, I've got some other windows to make it up and I haven't got a day that I just write off. Ultimately, I love it, Shane, and thanks for that. Uh, ultimately, we have to believe that living healthy and doing things for our body matters and that we are willing to ultimately prioritize it consistently. It doesn't mean every single day, every single minute, but it means consistently over time. However people look at it, I look at it on a daily basis. Some I used to look at it uh, where my, my week would start on Monday and my week would end on Sunday and I would try and have a certain number. I kept these spreadsheets and I'd have a certain number of exercise days and I have a certain number of all these other different things. And, you know, it depends on where you're at, but it, it, I just think it is so important to prioritize health and try and, and get things done. And I'm so happy to hear, Shane, that you're doing that. And um, how's that coming along for you? Are you are you feeling better as a result of that? Are you just getting into it? Have you been doing it a while? Yeah, no, I, I, it definitely is helping. And it's definitely something that's been dialed in and changed over time. And I found that, you know, at first it was a very rigid thing with a certain hour and a certain time to do certain thing. And now it's kind of in ranges, like certain goals, things I want to do within these two or three hour blocks of time so I can I can play around with it. But uh, it's certainly something that I got from you and really appreciate you, um, you know, encouraging us to think about it, time in this way and, uh, you know, encouraging all of us to be a little healthier. Thank you. Anybody have any comments on that? Yeah, I have I, a question. Shane, are you using the, the notes app to set reminders to set alarms? For your you know what? I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not doing it to set alarms, although that's a good idea. Um, it, it's one of those things where I'm, I've now got, you know, basically I've got a, an Apple, you know, <laughs> I'm deep into the Apple ecosystem. So I have, you know, the MacBook and I have the iPad and I have the phone. And sometimes when I'm just zoning out at, at a certain time of day, I ask myself, what should I be doing right now? And I can go to that versus, you know, trying to keep a you know, paper list of what I should be doing or what's on my to-do list. I really enjoy having that and saying, okay, well, you know, listen, I need to snap out of it. You know, this is a working time and let's really focus on doing work, or this is a time with the kids. It's really focused on being with the kids. This is a time, uh, okay, I'm coming up on an exercise zone. You know, let's get ready for that. How's the schedule look? Um, and so it's constant tinkering. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's never one thing that's set in stone. Um, you know, I changed it yesterday because I realized I was trying to be a little, you know, overambitious. Um, but but to, to answer your question specifically, I haven't set reminders, um, but, you know, that, that's a good idea. What I do, I, I'm a heavy, heavy, heavy user of the notes pad on Apple. Also, I keep tons of notes. I keep tons of to-do lists. I, I just write down things I want to do and I pop those open. It's great. And I back them up to iCloud, but I'm also an extremely heavy user of reminders. I was just telling Marlene this morning, I set, you know, you can say, Hey Siri, um, set a reminder every day at 9 PM to take my vitamins. You know what I mean? Or, you know, Set a, set a reminder for whatever it is. And I love it much more than the calendar because it pops up on my screen and I have to turn it off or it'll keep popping up on my screen, right? So it forces me to try and do different things. And I use it in a lot of ways for my health, whether it's for my exercise or my movement or my food or um, vitamins or whatever I do. It's great. Yeah, and, I, and everything is dictated. I dictate everything. I can't imagine. I would never use the reminders in an iPhone if I didn't dictate it. Because I know now you can just say, hey, Siri, and you can tell Siri to set up a reminder at a certain time on a certain day, and it pops up. It's great. 
Anybody else have anything else they want to talk about here? Well, it's great to see you all, hear you all. And, um, you know, I, I, I learn so much from these every week and you guys inspire me to try and be healthy and stay healthy, even though you don't know it, you do. I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate see it. See you guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.